Hi, everyone. I'm Chuck Saren, VP of Industry Marketing for MedTech and Life Sciences at Propel, and welcome to the Product Success Podcast, Quality and Medical Devices. I'm joined by Rachel Jang, a Senior Solution Consultant here at Propel. This podcast brings together thought leaders from the health and life sciences industry talking about compliance, quality, and product success in the medical devices. Before we dive in, you can find all episodes of this podcast under the resources tab at propelplm.com. Okay, hello listeners. Um, We're looking forward to speaking with Michael Farr from MSA today. And we'll have a conversation on quality and the supply chain in the world of fire and gas monitoring and prevention. And, you know, it's interesting, I was on their website, you know, perusing the MSA's website. And one of the things they talked about is a combination of electronics, mechanical systems, advanced materials, protect users against hazardous or life-threatening situations. And they've been doing this for over hundred years, but it, it sounded a lot like what I hear every day in the medical device world, where we're often discussing how to achieve safe and effective medical devices. Um, and these devices from MSA are also preventing incidences, disasters, and, and are saving lives also every day. And I was also thinking, living in California, we spent a lot of time in, you know, in Tahoe and other areas, and fires and gas leaks are actually conversations that have become a little bit more every day or every weekend. So we definitely look forward to talking with Michael and learning a lot more about what MSA does. So first off, we have our... Um, amazing Propel consultant here, Rachel, who actually helped MSA originally get their QMS uh, up and going a few years ago. So Rachel, say a quick hello. Yeah, thanks for having me today. I'm really excited about this. Uh, I worked with Michael, I think it's close to four years ago when when he started using Propel and um, helped them get up and running. And so very excited to for this conversation and see how how they've been using the system and, and everything that's um, that they're doing and with their product. So yeah, thanks for joining us, Michael. Great. And then we have, of course, Michael Farr, the Vice President of Operations and Plant Manager with MSA to chat with today. So Michael, maybe you could do a quick introduction to people get to know your voice, and then uh, you can maybe tell us a little bit more about what MSA does. Sure. Um, thanks, Chuck, and, and good to see you again, Rachel. In fact, it was just four years ago this month that we were in the midst of implementation. I think it was, we did, we implemented Propel in 30 days from the time we signed the contract to the time we went live. So uh, hats off to everybody at Propel for making that a real awesome transition. Um, But we're an instrumentation manufacturer. We've got two product lines where the flame and gas fix detection instrumentation and for um, for industrial applications. And then our, our protocol translation devices used in building automation. That right now is about 70% of our business. And we're, uh, we're manufacturing them. We're loading the devices here and shipping them out to our customers all here in Milpitas. So we're just one part of the big corporate MSA uh, environment where you know they've got MSA is, is manufacturing um, fire helmets, fire protection equipment, fall protection equipment, um, respirators, self-contained breathing apparatus, and, and much more. So, so a complete offering in the safety world. And um, we were acquired by MSA in 2019, formerly known as Sierra Monitor Corporation. Um, and they looked to us to help bridge um, 
their their cloud connectivity, and that's with our gateway uh, product line and the development that we've done there. Okay, great. Yeah, very interesting products. Um, a lot of innovation over all these hundred years. I imagine it's just a, a wonderful place to to work. And you know, one of the things you're doing is you're running the operations, you're running the plant. So I thought maybe it'd be interesting to uh, just kind of learn kind of a day in the life. Like, you know, you go into the office, what are some of the things you're doing sort of on a daily basis to sort of assess your workload or escalate issues or, or working with, you know, new product ideas that are, are coming down the pipeline. Um, and, uh, you know, I think about it because in med device, a lot of times you talk about like management reviews or design reviews, but, you know, how, how are some of these daily um, meetings and stuff, what, what's happening? Well, being in the operations group, um, Propel is certainly the backbone of, um, of how we execute to the demands placed on, on the organization. And those demands are customer sales order demands, stocking level requirements for our, our run rate products. Um, we wouldn't, um, so part of the process is we're, we're an SAP and the company. So we're reviewing new orders every day. Those new orders are handing off maybe just the shipping product right directly out of stock. But quite frequently, we need to do some customization, some enhancement to the products. And, um, and, and that's where Propel comes in because we can open up a project. We can open up a change order. We, we have um, a change process called sales order integration where um, a sustaining engineer will see a flag that we have to provide some customization. They'll grab uh, all the inputs from the sales team, which usually starts um, during the quoting process and, and ultimately the purchase order uh, from the customer. Once we define those or understand what those requirements are, then align the tasks that um, we have to provide um, for in, in, in fulfilling the order. And we'll identify all of that and track it all right within uh, Propel. And um, the, the nice thing is we can add in all the attachments, we can identify the tasks, we can keep the milestones moving forward and loop in the right approvers to uh, validate that each of the steps are to their um, their compliance, if you will, their, their liking. So um, that's a big churn that we do every day in, in the operation. Um, we also um, have a routine meeting literally every day that takes five to 15 minutes, depending upon the depth, just with the key players uh, of the Propel system to make sure that uh, they're working on the right priorities and that those priorities are understood by everybody. Um, usually we don't have to um, juggle things around because they're pretty straightforward, but it's just nice to have a quick stand-up uh, meeting. And then once a month, we actually do a, a deep dive and, and, and look at all of the processes that are going on inside Propel to make sure that uh, stragglers are getting addressed and things don't fall in the cracks, so to speak. But um, so that's sort of the, the, the side that is customer facing and, and that, that is our priority because it's tied um, to delivering product, which generates revenue for the company. But the underlying um, parts of the organization that rely on Propel are, are quite vast. Um, we're doing, of course, routine change orders for uh, mature products, build material changes, assembly drawings, uh, updates, tracking all of that. 
Um, we are also um, managing product compliance, where our products are required to be um, safety compliant and performance rated. Um, those are administered by third parties um, to nationally recognized standards. And we are able to embed that requirement and link up the compliance within, within Propel uh, to, to the items. Quite neat. And then um, those agencies come out and audit us, uh, sometimes once a quarter, may, maybe uh, once a year. And we have all of that information, all that compliance information right at our fingertips so that um, we don't have to go digging deep in, into where that might be. That sort of hands off to our, um, our quality management system. And we're an ISO 9001 registered organization and all of the infrastructure required to support that quality management system now resides inside Propel. So we have all of our documentation, our procedures and work instructions, um, our training requirements, our training plans, our training compliance, um, and our preventative maintenance um, issues there. We're linking up the standards inside Propel. We're doing non-conforming product tracking and reporting. So it's really quite quite comprehensive. So it's it's been really nice. Um, I think uh, when we went live, Rachel, we were just looking at getting the, the fundamental part of Propel in and and the and the, um, the the change order process. But we've just evolved over the last four years to where all of the operation is every single part of it is in Propel. And as I've said in the past. Um, it's nice to be able to go to one place and have it all all linked together. Yeah, and I think that's very interesting that you you know you start off with a couple of, of workflows for changes, and then I think you said now you guys have five different types, including that sales, um, the one that the sales team uses as well. So I think that's one thing to note is that you know sometimes our customers once they start using Propel, they see all of the other benefits they can do. Um, and, you know, just that it goes beyond PLM and QMS even. Yeah, I think that's another thing I, I picked up on as well there is, um, you know, just working cross-functionally, you know, sometimes sales is more on the, the back end of things, but this is very much in the front end to help drive or nurture or, or initiate these leads with what your customer wants. Um, so I think that's um, really Nice to see where we're extending, you know, beyond quality, beyond product, beyond even engineering to, to sales, to legal, to marketing. But sales has their own workflow here, it sounds like, where they're actually opening that opportunity up. Um, they're crossing from Salesforce, you know, where maybe there's an opportunity or account into Propel to initiate a workflow and start to bring in the other groups to substantiate that sales opportunity, it sounds like, into a you know, more collaborative workflow, and then, um, you know, start to, to gather inputs, right? And I assume, Michael, that that's where people start to, you know, start communicating on it, start talking, start solidifying this opportunity into, you know, across to engineering, across to operations, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. And the flow you're referring to is it's exactly as you described it, where the sales team starts out with an opportunity, and they're tracking that through, through a mature process in, in Salesforce. And then they realize that, hey, this is an OEM application and we need to do some, some customization for it. So we've identified the workflow that allows them to create a placeholder for that requirement. And the, the 
have all the check boxes, if you will, to validate that the engineering team has gotten involved, that the customer has defined what the requirements are, that the customer has, has ultimately approved that product and there's a back and forth. Um, we're bringing our spec writers in to write startup user guides that reside with that um, and ultimately final approval. Everything's ready to go. And then it hands off back to operations and we can manufacture it and deliver it as orders come in. And it, it's locked into place. It's exactly what the customer wants. Um, and we don't have to touch it anymore. It's pretty nice. That's great. That's a... Really nice to see it span across enterprise systems as well. You mentioned a little bit, are you doing project as well? Managing the project, the time phase elements of that too? We, we are doing project a little a, a little bit, not as much as I'd like us to. Um, right. Probably another thing that we, we need to do a deep dive in. I know Propel is working really hard to get project um, more robust and rolled out uh, this year. And so I'm, I'm looking forward to that. That's, that's great. That would be another communication channel there. And then I, I think also, you know, you have SAP, so there's opportunity in the future too. We've got a lot of customers integrated ERP. So, uh, you know, hopefully that's another future endeavor that you're looking at. Yeah, definitely. Um, you brought up a little bit, you know, very interesting, you know, you guys are held to a very high standard, right? Just like med device standards, regulations, um, and you've got to test to those. So as you develop these specs, you're, you're creating these, you know, um, protocols, you're creating these devices, um, you know, you've also got to do a lot of testing, right? So maybe you can elaborate a little bit more about how you're achieving those tests and working with your partners or testing yourself internally or externally. So there's really um, two phases to that. Um, number one is our engineering team is developing the test requirements for us to be able to manufacture and deliver the product. And that's more, mostly to validate that the product is performing to specification, uh, electrically um, inputs and outputs match up or performance match criteria match up. And so we, those tests are all documented in the SAP world, the ERP world, the routing actually refers to a specific work instruction that um, is unique for that product and is uh, resident inside Propel. Um, our production associates will log into Propel and grab that document and use that as their, um, their, their production assistant, if you will, to manufacture test the product. Um, but in a bigger scope, when the product is required, and not all of our products are, but many, in fact, are, required to be a third party approved because the market has demanded um, a, a, a safety performance criteria, either just pure electrical safety or um, a performance, a speed of response, accuracy, repeatability. Um, we understand that specification. We will then do develop internal testing to comply, to make sure we're compliant to that specification. Um, create uh, documentation workflows that step us through all the requirements. And then once we're comfortable that we can comply with that, bring in the third party who will certify that our product does in fact perform as we say it does, as well as to the standards that, that they're supporting. So um, it's, uh, 
And, and then all, all of that output resides with the product for its life cycle. Um, and we, again, if, if we need to update it, if we need to make any changes, if we're being audited, we jump right um, into Propel and grab all that documentation um, in one spot. Okay, yeah, very, very interesting how you're, you're managing all of that um, test specs, documentation standards in their specifications. Um, and you mentioned being audited, um, you know, up to four times a year by, by some of these testing facilities or other groups. Um, and, and you use some of that documentation to help you walk through the audits, right? Exactly. So, yeah, so especially within the last 20 months, but even if in-person audits are starting to come back in, we will, um, with, when the auditor is present, we will work right out of Propel and just step through mm -hmm. uh, from the material to the supporting documentation to objective evidence of, of our compliance and then pulling that up all in Propel, uh, letting the auditor ver verify that and validate it. Um, and uh, it just works out really nicely. And last year when we, we were doing virtual audits, um, that made it e even much, much better because uh, sharing screens and, and demonstrating compliance, um, there was no, uh, no concerns by the auditors at all on our, our ability to comply with their, their requirements. Uh, I love to, I love to yeah. hear that. Uh, <laughs> That's nice. So you actually just share your Propel screen and they can see exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, that yeah it's, it's easy straightforward nice yeah that's great I've, I've worked at several medical device companies and we have the war room set up two rooms you know one is to talk to the auditor and the other one's to say hey better go you know print out some stuff and walk it in so that's just the confidence the uh security and um you know the ability to easily show that is it just speaks volumes um and I know you've mentioned you've done, this is like your 27th ISO 9001 audit. So, you know, in, in your career and, and just seeing it, you know, get to this point where you can show the auditor real time on a screen is amazing. Yeah. And yeah, we used to bring binders full of documentation into a room and <laughs> run the copy machine to make books to make copies and what have you. Yep. And now yep. bring a laptop in, connect to the monitor and go. Great. So you, you, to change uh, topics a little here, you talked about acquisition and, you know, you're now a part of MSA, um, you know, very big company that they call them the safety company, as I think they, they refer to here in, in general. Um, and I think as part of, you know, I've been involved in a lot of acquisitions at my, my past company, Striker, and, you know, some of them were a billion dollar, you know, acquisition and you're, you're folding in different quality systems or some were just little startups that were, you know, just assessing and, and barely have a QMS in place. Um, but I, I guess maybe, you know, if you could describe a little bit about your experience about, you know, being acquired into a, a much bigger company and how has that transition been? How has it been, you know, is it, you know, business as usual or, you know, how is the, your sort of QMS and you've got, a, you know, you mentioned PLM with the bill of materials, your engineering change orders and, and how is that QMS and PLM dynamics um you know played out for you yeah so i think um really well the the bottom line is we didn't have to make any changes at all to the way we're doing our business it, 
with one exception, we obviously had to transition from a, an, an ERP system so in our old legacy environment to the MSA ERP system, which is SAP. But we've been able to keep engineering change management. We've been able to keep quality management system in place as is on Propel without any changes. And the reason that that's been able um, to occur is when I demonstrated our ability to comply and control the environment, um, literally jaws dropped. Um, and and on, on an executive corporate level, they were so jealous of everything that we were able to do and the depth which we were, which we were able to do. Um, you know, from, from, I always start when I demonstrate um, our, our ability to, to, to comply with any of this. I, let, let me just show you our dashboard. And our, we've got training compliance. We've got workload by change order type. Who's doing what, what, and what's their workload? We've got our preventative maintenance program, our, our calibration program. Our, we're, we're integrating um, our cases from Salesforce, and those can hand off to customer comments, quality management system, or AD corrective actions, or product changes. All of that is visible right there. And then from there, I did this you know, deep dive right into it, spider web, com completely connected. And unfortunately, the only thing we have to do right now is if we're making a, a bill of material change, I've got to sneaker net that over to SAP because we don't have that integration set up quite yet. But that's, that's certainly on my wish list to get done here in the near future. That's a, that's a wide stream of capabilities. That's amazing. And, and, you know, again, that Salesforce to propel across to equipment and calibration and maintenance. Um, yeah, it's, it's definitely crossing all cross functions again there. Um, are you managing any, any of the uh, health and safety, um, environmental health and safety type of information as well? We are. We've actually incorporated in, um, our, our complete environmental health and safety program into, into Propel. Um, all the documentation, all the training requirements, and action trackers, um, compliance to any issues that open up. So, um, and that, that's been a no-brainer because the, the infrastructure was in place um, to, to do that as well. So there really is, before Propel, we had so many disparate systems, databases, and you had to either go to a person who you think knew where to find the information or you had to open up an application to go dig in the information. And literally, um, I think we completed our last transition from one of those databases just last year, every single one of those now is resident inside Propel. And they're all related together. Um, it's, uh, it's one stop shop, if you will. The one area that we're still a little weak in, and I see you guys just made a, a, an announcement today that I'm looking forward to taking advantage of next year, is your supplier community solution. Mm -hmm. That uh, we're, I really want to get our suppliers involved. We do supplier corrective actions. We subcontract some of our printed circuit assemblies. Um, so we need to have a relationship with our suppliers. Right now, we're we're sending them soft copies, but I want them to be able to come in and grab things and understand change orders or if there's any compliance issues that they have to worry about. Um, and I'm looking forward, as I, as I look at your press release today, um, for uh, that 
to, to go. And I'm uh, really excited about that. Yes, as are we. I'm, I'm so excited about supplier communities. I mean, just the ability to interact with the suppliers, just as you described, but also have them interact, fill out information, say, you know, what are the latest certs you're on, you know, help us manage that supplier onboarding, that supplier updates, um, and also, you know, get involved in the process, like you're mentioning, like for supplier corrective actions or supplier initiated changes so that, you know, they can more easily say, hey, I, I have this idea um, to be proactive or to be, you know, reactive from a SCAR standpoint, right? Right, exactly, exactly. Okay. And then I think, um, you know, I think that that supplier communities is, you know, from a medvice point too, is we can extend that to notified bodies, we can extend that to other partners. So yeah, I'm, I'm just so excited about that, that capability to allow windows into the product securely to, you know, just limit what they can see, you know, you guys do, um, you know, devices that, you know, maybe the motherboard, you just want this particular supplier to see, and, you know, you have another vendor or supplier for different parts. So I think that, you know, that works hand in hand with your, your bill of materials, your AML. So it's, you know, it really all starts to work together. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And then um, you touched on something that I forgot to elaborate on earlier, but on the compliance side, we're, we're able to link up um, Rojas compliance, um, any any declaration of conformity that we need to do, and in any certified body requirement that we need to come out, we can link that up and, and ultimately um, share that with um, customer or or vendor. Hmm, that's interesting. I didn't know you guys were doing that. Um, that's uh, yeah, managing those specifications, those compliance elements, is something. Yeah, to your point, the envi environmental side to know, you know, what hazardous substances and you mentioned declaration of conformity and obviously in our med device world, we've got, you know, a lot of customers managing the product registrations, um, you know, to know what countries you're selling in at what time and when those expire. So yeah, this is both environmental and regulatory you're talking about, which is great and manage that compliance. Very good. Um, as you're talking about suppliers, I also started to have a, a thoughts around, um, you know, some of the more current topics the last couple of years, of course, with pandemic and sort of, you know, not to go down that thread too much, but more about, um, you know, supplier shortages or shipping issues. Um, I think that's something that's been top of mind because we're seeing across industries, you know, chip shortages or, you know, med tech is, you know, leveraging more, you know, technology, right? High, high tech and, and med dev in some ways are sort of combining the med tech with a lot more electronics, a lot more software. Um, and there's these software or these shortages that seem to be, you know, sort of prevalent through across all the industries. Um, so I guess maybe as we're talking about um, that aspect of suppliers, we're talking about, you know, understanding your bill of materials and, and your AML or ASL and who's supplying those products um, what kind of challenges have you faced in today's sort of world of, of, of supply chain shortages? So there's a few applications where we've been bit by this problem and we didn't have a, a solution. We don't have a solution. That's a specific integrated circuit that has a specific path designed by a manufacturer with a protocol that we just, no one else is doing it. And um, unfortunately, it's sort of a dying protocol. So we're, I think, keep falling to the bottom of the list on 
in these fab areas that have to manufacture the, the integrated circuits because there's other demand from more cookie cutter type of, of uh, components, if you will. But quite frequently, I would say weekly, um, we are asking, we, the supply chain group, is asking our engineering team to find an alternate component. Mm-hmm. And um, there's where we, we go into Propel, we identify the need with a change order requirement. We can see where the component, original component is being used and who the manufacturer is. And from there, the engineering team can then try find us find a, an alternate across for it. Um, and that whole process is documented. We're, we're, once we find it, the alternate, we validate it with testing. Um, we release the change, um, and supply chain can go off and buy that. And that's all documented and linked up with those materials that's required, or to um, and updating uh, AMLs also. Excellent. Wow, that that's great. Yeah, I know in uh, some of my past companies, everything was sole sourced. It was very common to have, you know, you, that supplier relationship. It was expensive, and you'd sole source, and you weren't positioned for, you know, disasters or natural events or pandemics or, you know, just any shortages. Um, so I think that having that ability to manage your alternate sources of supply to be able to dual source and maybe, you know leverage or share that risk and, and know where there's, uh, you know, part proliferation and, and making sure that you're not, you know, having multiple parts with the same manufacturer part number. And, and those are all top of mind issues when you, when you're talking about the, those topics when, as you speak. Great. Um, you know, another thought I had too, in, in your discussion here is writing some notes is, you know, just the ability, we talked about working cross-functionally across the organization. You guys are doing that everywhere, which is great. But I think the other thing that's important too is, you know, not just meeting the, the basics here, the basic requirements or, or compliance, but you're actually extending the product to meet your, your needs, your growing needs. And I, I think that's a really interesting thing about having a, a good QMS and PLM system for that matter, that can really be extensible as you grow, as you mature, you know, your sales, pro, your, you've got your sales workflows as you mature, you know, putting that to ops, but maybe you could talk a little bit about the extensibility of the product to meet your needs. And I also might lean into a little bit about how you've been able to, you know, have that administered and have those, those changes actually being made for you. Yeah, so I think um, it's a, it comes down to a culture in that sense, and I'm I'm a big champion of the culture. I want to use the tool to its greatest extent. I want to have one tool to 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 rely on, um, and the tool has to be extremely versatile. And I think we've got that with Propel and Salesforce, um, as Rachel can attest to. When we deployed Propel before we deployed Salesforce. That's how comfortable we were with the solution. And Salesforce was being deployed, I think, over the next six or seven months. But we dove right into, we actually transitioned from a, a competitor's PLM to Propel, and it was easy, just, just really straightforward. It was, uh, Rachel in September got everything into the system and, and walked us through um, the test environment um, we were all comfortable with it, and we were off and running. And 
every time something new comes across my desk, I'm trying to think, how can I incorporate that into the into this tool, into the environment, so that it's all in one place? I don't want to think outside. Um, I don't want to reinvent anything. Um, and I want it all connected together. Um, again, because then you go to one spot, you see it all, everything's related. Now, I can't imagine what our salespeople would be doing if they didn't know that when they go and visit a, an account, a client, um, they can see what, what cases are out there, what opportunities they've been working on, if there's any change orders associated with their product or customer comments, um, AD issues. You know, walking in with that quiver full of, of, of information and being able to have a really intelligent discussion. If, if I was, you know, I'd be writing, wow, this is pretty good stuff. Yeah, that's great. You've talked about um, that's leaning into the analytics, the, the dashboards, the, um, you know, kind of the work, workflow pages, understanding what training you've got. So you guys are really, you know, diving in deep into the, the, the reports and analytics part too. Yeah. And as a matter of fact, um, well, part of the QMS system is we need to do a management review and we publish um, semi-annually uh, quite an extensive report with key metrics. And I would say um, 80% of it comes out of Propel. Wow. That's nice. Um, I think, you know, Michael, you and your team have really taken advantage of how easy it is to use Propel and to set up new workflows and to customize everything and, and make it fit your needs. Um, you know, even for workflows that aren't commonly used, I would say, you know, you, you take it and say, hey, we can do this in Propel. So let's just get it up and running. Yeah, that's exactly right, Rachel. And um, um, I guess it was in 2019, 2018, maybe we hired a, a quality engineer that had responsibility for being a Propel administrator. She had just graduated from university. This was going to be her first job. Um, but being of that generation, I knew that she would be able to, uh, 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 just, she wouldn't be intimidated by it. And she dove right into it. She made, she, she, she adapted to the Propel environment. She became the administrator. She enhanced that product so much during the two and a half years that she was here working for us. Um, and it, it is quite logical and easy. And um, it, it, everything uh, flows really well. It just it, it works. Yeah, and I, I think also going back to when we, you know, originally did the implementation and you were moving from the other system, um, even your employees at that time that I think had probably been using that other system for a long time, they, I don't think they had any problems transitioning and using Propel. Uh, I think everything made a lot of sense to them and they were just able to, you know, business is normal, you know, not, didn't have to take a lot of time to learn how to use a new system. Right, Exactly. And, and over the last four years, um, all of the releases that you guys have done have enhanced the product significantly and just make it, um, again, and it's not, nothing broke when you enhanced it, everything was connected and it's more intuitive, you know, obviously depth and more connectivity, just, um, you know, a lot of times when, when companies make changes on, on releases, it's, during the headlights, 
Yeah. <laughs> well, I think a lot of that is because we listen to our customers so much and, and take what they want into consideration. And, you know, that that's how we build the product is just listening and, and seeing what our customers need. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I've uh, you answered my questions on just the the cloud technology, the ability to you know leverage it across the organization again. But and then the I was asking about the configuration and how you kept up with all this extensibility, which you just answered with you know somebody that was coming in very new to the technology, but yet able to very easily administer, configure, and make make changes more at the business level and not at the you know a, a deep experience IT level need. That's great. That's right. That's right. And um, it, the new people who are exposed to it, it's so again intuitive and, and logical, and how how to how to look at things, how to search for things, um, mm -hmm. how to deep dive in. It it just it all works. Yeah, I think one of the last questions I might be leaning towards here is around training. You did talk about training and training records, training plans, and how extensive is your training? Is it mostly, you know, around the, the quality side of things? Do you have other cross functions also training, you know, from your manufacturing side? Yeah, so those are good good questions because when we first um, looked at using a training plan, we had our, our paper training environment had literally a quiz attached to the end of the document. And so as you, as you, learn the document either on the job training or classroom training or on your own, you would um, fill out a, a quiz, a short quiz, at, so that you can provide objective evidence that you are compliant to that. And when we went live on Propel, there wasn't that ability, um, and it was more the honor system. Yes, I did the training, and, um, and we, we became very comfortable with that. But here... I think maybe even two years in, the, the ability to actually attach quizzes and to get objective, if, if you were in the medical environment where you needed that rigorous validation that the person was trained, um, that now exists. Um, we rely on on-the-job training. We rely on the honor system. Our products aren't the medical industry. But the nice thing is we can put recurring training requirements in and th those documents, those requirements get flagged anytime a change is made to them or on some periodicity. And we can determine semi-annual, annual, three years, whatever that needs to be. So that, that comes up. And then even taking a step up, the training plans, we were able to put training plans together based on job description. So we didn't have to put an individual training plan together for every employee. If all the production associates that do this type of work, here's a training plan for you. All supply chain people, here's a training plan for you. All the customer service sales people, here's a training plan for you. And we just drop documents in there and keep track of uh, their, from a dashboard, the, the compliance to the, to the training requirements. Great, great. Well, I might just tie it back. The auditors love that. They just love seeing that. Yeah, going through and, and seeing all the proof, the objective evidence that people have trained and, and done everything to the every revision change of the SFP automatically triggering and, and other docs. And, yeah. and the rigor, just the whole rigor to, to a plan, you assign associates to the plan, you assign mm -hmm. documents to the plan, boom. 
Yeah, I think we've also have great reporting capabilities on that where you can see, you know, you can run a report by a user or by an item, by a document, by the training plan, and just see, you know, when people have signed off, if anything was overdue, anything like that. Exactly. Okay, Michael, I might ask um, any last thoughts or bits of advice um, as we start to close out. Anything um, else we may have missed or you wanted to? I didn't miss anything, but, you know, my, my advice to anyone using Salesforce and Propel, embrace it. It just embrace it. it it's so wonderful. It's a solution provider. Um, it, it makes your life easy. Yeah. And, and you've well described that of, of extending across to sales, extending the value to the customer um, and, and really that customer experience that, that really is the end result here. So, Michael, I so appreciate your time, your expertise. Um, just a wonderful speaker with so many great things to, to learn and, and hear from you. So very much appreciate your time today. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Be sure to subscribe to be notified when a new episode is posted. And please feel free to share it with a colleague. If you have any questions you want answered during an upcoming episode, please send them to podcast at propelplm.com. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.